This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Isn't God wonderful? (laughs) How many people had a wonderful time last week? Um, <laughs> so before we take our seat, I want us to read this morning. God is the strength of my voice this morning. Let, let's read. Um, <laughs> thank you, dear Lord Jesus. First King chapter three. The book of First King or First Kings chapter three, and I want to read from verse. So the Bible says. Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter. So he took Pharaoh's daughter. When you take Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh will become your father-in-law. <laughs> and brought her to the city of David. But that's what we have going. Let's go down to verse 3. <laughs> and Solomon loved the Lord. Is the beginning of a wonderful marriage. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the status of David his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. Next verse. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was a great high place, a thousand burnt offerings the Solomon offered upon the altar. In Gibeon, and this is where I'm going. We are still talking about wisdom for singles. There is something about the Lord and givers. Now the Bible says he offered a thousand bonds offering in Gibeon. And the Bible is letting you know intentionally. Letting you know. That in the same Gibeon where he offered that kind of sacrifice. God appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. There are givings that compels God to appear to you. But that's not my focus today. We are just reading the Bible. That means you can actually begin encounters with God by giving. That's what the Bible says. God only appeared to Solomon two times. The second time that God appeared to him, he gave 100,000 sacrifices or offerings. And the Bible said God appeared to him again the same night. He appeared to Abraham when he sacrificed Isaac. A Christian can begin series of reaction between you and God by giving. But that's not our focus today. It's just part of what we read. So, but we are interested in what happened in that night. And God said, no king had given like this before. So God was challenged. Ask what I shall give thee. If God should ask you the same question this morning, what are you going to say? That ask for what I shall give you. Think about it for a while. Just close your eyes for 10 seconds. And think about it. If the Almighty asks me now, that what do you want? What will you say? Husband? <laughs> Wife? The presidency. 
Hallelujah. Canada. I can imagine things going on through people's mind. Lord, give me a child. Lord, 10 billion is sufficient. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you. Can I have your seat? <laughs> wow. When I was in school, there was a young man that said, you know, he had problem with mathematics. And about SSC time, he just went into prayer. He said, Lord, help me with mathematics and leave the rest to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I learned also that every morning that's how lion pray, prays. Every lion prays this morning, every morning like that. Lion will say something like, Dear Lord, today, show me the animal I'm supposed to eat. Don't help me and don't help the animal. I'm up to the task. <laughs> if you help me, that will be too much for the animal. If you help the animal, however good I am, I might not be able to catch the animal. So play neutral. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's the prayer of the man with power. I'm sure the animal will pray in the morning that, Lord, if it is lion, help me. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, Solomon, let's read. So the Lord appeared to him and said, what do you want? Then Solomon gave an answer that I want to start talking to singles from this morning. Solomon said, thou hast shown thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he had walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and the uprightness of art. You have kept, you have kept for him this great kindness Thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Next verse. What exactly did Solomon ask for? Oh Lord my God, you have made thy servant king instead of David thy father, my father. I'm a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Next verse. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people that you have chosen. A great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding act. We are the ones who would like to say Solomon asked for wisdom. He did not actually specifically ask for wisdom. Or what he asked for indirectly. But he said, give thy servant understanding art to judge thy people. But the second part of the prayer is the most powerful part. That I may discern between good and bad. Mm. One man said that wisdom is defined as, defined as study of difference. Why I read this place? Why did Solomon pray this prayer? He said, between good and bad, you would think, ordinarily, anybody should know the difference between good and bad. Solomon here is saying something deeper. Who doesn't know it's wrong to kill people? Who doesn't know a king should not collect bribe? He wasn't talking about that. Solomon got to a point in life, he, by the wisdom that his father taught him, he understood that in life, judgment Errors in judgment can send you to silence forever. He must have seen that the father sat in the house one day to go to war or not to go to war. 
end result, Bathsheba pregnant, the father became a murderer, killed somebody, death entered their knee by one decision. He sat in the palace and said, look, they are going to war. Should I go or not go? He said, give yourself the ability to discern between good and bad. Why did I read this place? There is no amount of book that can actually tell you who to marry and how to marry. Teachers can try. Preachers can try. Ultimately, eternity is written in the heart of men. I have seen a guy who cheated on a lady in their courtship. And everybody told her, I said, that's going to be the pattern in your marriage. The guy came and said, I'm sorry. I will never do this again. A part of I wanted to forgive. A part of I was afraid that, look, supposing we get married and it continues this way. Eventually, he blocked, she blocked him. He went to someone else. They are in their 70s now and he has never cheated once. The marriage she went to that the guy never cheated is broken into pieces right now. You see, when people are sorrowful, I thought they cannot tell you the real reason why they are very sad. That's why Solomon had to pray. People have said that Solomon did have wisdom. I pray for wisdom. Ah, no, 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 no. Before he had an encounter with God, as David was dying, he told Solomon, he said, help me deal with Joab, help me deal with Shema. I used him. He said, you are a wise man. You know what to do. So David did not give back to any kung fu. But in Solomon's wisdom, in fact, he took him wisdom to make this request. He just understood that, see, hey, life is not like people think it is. You know why we are going this route? Ultimately, no matter the teaching, no matter the prophetic narration, at the end of the day, you are going to make a decision. Man has been created by God to always make decisions. When I say my mean in a generic term, both men and women, you will always make decisions and decisions do have consequences. But the bad part is that at the point of taking decisions, the consequences are always hidden. It's after taking them that we begin to see. That's the way life is created. Those are the mysterious part of life. I get what I'm saying. So that will make a wise man like this to come on this news and say, Lord, help your servant to discern. Now, why in marriage? Because you will have to always choose between, there are about four parameters that will always define people in marriage. When you say you love somebody, it's based on some factors. And I want to talk about some of them today. And those factors are not the real things in themselves. It's about the person who is uh, demonstrating that decision. For instance, choices we have to be made. Because every woman you meet, every man you meet can fit into your box physically. So there is physical appearance. There is career wealth level. Finance. Whether he has a good job or he has a good business or whatever, money, 
which is connected to does it have an apartment and all those things. There is values, character, which is of two kinds. There is a spiritual aspect. There is a soulish aspect. Do you flow when you really talk? And do you value the same thing? In your home, there is so much respect for elders. In some other homes, elders are just, well, a little respect and everything. That might be, might be the beginning of Babylon in the house. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. A lady here in the church, the boyfriend followed her home and they entered the house. She just hit her mom's head like this. Like, you, you, you are eating again. And enter. That's how they play the house. <laughs> the, the, the boy stood. Because <laughs> they both told me. And I, I, I told the guy, I said, I know her. She's a Christian. The mom has been there before. They are academic family. They are wonderful. I said, no, it's up to whether you can't take that. Even when I was talking, the guy was, he was even looking at me. You don't understand. Maybe in his own, the mom would have stood up. Five-fold ministry. And then you were lying. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Because there are, that you do something your family does not mean it's acceptable in every family. And you don't go around using your own standard. The only thing that Christians must universally accept is the word of God. When it comes to standard, so you cannot, for instance, fault an evil person and say that you begin to pick faults with them because they don't prostrate. But your rubbers prostrate. But your Baba can prostrate as he's prostrating, there is insulting you. <laughs> but inside, inside, inside the heart. I don't know if I, no, I'm from Yoruba, so I understand what I'm saying. Very well. Yoruba can say Kwele to you, and that Kwele is actually an insult. Because there is genuine Kwele, there is Kwele. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So when it comes to culture, you might see an American now, and he says, I, I, when I was secondary school, there was this guy, I mean, American family. The father would come to school and say, hey, don't be stupid, dad. Don't be stupid, dad. And the father never saw any problem with it. When he said it before all of us, even our eyes popped out like this. You tell my father, don't be stupid. You'll be stupid for the rest of your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and this is the American standard that is coming to our society now. I told, I've told you here before that I asked my son one day, I was asking him questions about he said, he was laughing. I said, Dad, don't you, don't, he likes speaking American. He said, don't you think you have been a little nosy? I said, I'm nosy. I said, if I told my mom that she was nosy, I won't have nose again. <laughs> she will just remove my nose. <laughs> are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, there is physical appearance. There is uh, its level or a level financially, which includes career, job, business. Then there is emotion. Then there is spirit. So, value is, uh, when you talk about value, you can split into two. Your emotions, what you value, what threatens you, what scares you, what you love, what excites you. And then spiritually also, the place of God in your life. How you view God, how you view the word of God, how you view Satan, how you view the world from spiritual point of view. 
Oh, this child is not doing well in school. We just need to talk to him. Another one says, no, we need to buy spirits. We need to do deliverance. They've tied his brain under one rock. You will think of nothing of stuff like that until you are married to somebody that you have to debate over this matter every now and then. Oh, this looks like malaria. Ah, no. The enemies are at work. Now, because of this, the factors themselves are not the main issues. It's just that they don't resonate with people the same way. So for every man inside this hall, for instance, now, if you are to give 25, 25 to each point of these four things, some men, physical appearance is 50%. Values 10. That means to them, physical appearance is what leads the game when they are, if they are at all to fall in love with somebody. Meaning that they can never, they can never consider settling down with somebody that they are not absolutely physically attracted to. For someone else, it is money. The marriage is bill-driven. Bill Gates. Bill. It's not only women. Some men, it's common in uh, foreign countries. You are, they, all they are looking for in a woman is a bill sharer. And they are fine. Once you have a good job, have a good job, we marry. We seem to be able to afford the best of school for our children. Partnership that works. And that is so important to them. You see, we are somehow shaped by where we are coming from. In an environment where every bill matters, every cobble, you'll pay for life, pay for water, pay for that. Some of those people they don't have they don't have time for nonsense. A woman staying at the church is not working, they will just send you away. Divorce will happen immediately. Is that uh is that tough on them in some nations? Some understand what I'm saying. It is partnership, you'll bring you together. And any small problem, one will kick out the other one. In some cases. Some other people, what attracts them to the opposite person uh, is actually character. While some other people, it is their spiritual life. That's why some men like falling in love with a woman who sings. As she begins to lead worship, the journey to heaven starts. <laughs> we will not presumptuously say this is right or this is wrong. But I am calling you to something today that uh, may you not fall in love with actually what means nothing at the end of the day. I will start with the first one and then we will continue next week. What does the Bible say about physical appearance? See, it is not about what we love. The bigger question is why do you love what you love? And what is your definition of physical appearance? Remember, God will never be committed to your lusts. But there are your desires. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. There are some desires that they are from your heart. God, God will respect that. But there are some other desires that are in your heart that they are things that you actually started grabbing on your way growing up in life.
So, for instance, here in the church, he's happily married now. He's probably listening to me now. He's actually listening to God. He's in church right now. Some years back, he used to tell me that he must be a woman that is busty. So, I sat him down one day before. Thank God he's married and happily married. And I asked him that, see, I'm not saying your desire is wrong or right, but question, why, why that thing? A natural desire put there by God, or you have exposed yourself to so many dirty things that dirty thoughts now are beginning to shape the kind of woman you want. You might not hear too many married teachers talking about this, but the beginning of God getting committed to some people's relationship is for you to go back and ask God why you want what you want. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Your picture of a woman that you want, that is making you to disqualify all other women. Where is that picture coming from? A natural desire created by God or things you have watched in movies that your ideal woman that you are picturing, that you want to marry, is um, she a combination of a paintbrush of internet, Hollywood, Nollywood, and all the other woods. That is what is giving you the picture that you have. And that is a picture that stays here that any other girl you see who are going to be of great benefit to you, you have a way of discovering you just turn them down because you are looking for somebody that does not exist except in Hollywood. I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. Am I communicating? It's important to question where is this coming from? So you want a man there's a reason why we are saying no to all other men. The ideal man that is in your heart, the picture that you have carved for yourself, what material did you use to draw up the picture? A natural phenomenon or the brush of internet again or some other things that you have put together. Once it is lost, God is not committed. I don't know what... I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. Yes, sir. Why do you want to marry someone that has money? That might be where we will really get to next week. I think I've told different dear sisters here in the church. And maybe we'll talk a bit about it. You can tell when a guy is making progress in his life. Most guys will not hit wealth until they marry the right woman. In the wisdom of God, I have too many examples in the church right now. Some of them behind me and some of them right there in the church. I can ask up to 10 people to stand up now. Personally, 10 guys in the church who were earning less than 40K. And after their marriage, I can give you 10 here who are earning over 1 million. Thank God for women who saw virtue and stayed. You know he's very brilliant. You know he loves God. You know everything. But the thing is that right now he does not have a car. You see, I'm going to analyze these four things. I'm trying to say my voice a bit today to let you know that some of them will disappear with time. So for instance now, Proverbs chapter 31 verse 30, rubbishes beauty. Now it does not mean you should marry somebody you are not attracted to. What the Bible is essentially telling you is that, you see, put a uh, Divide this thing that in the sight of God, which one carries more weight? When we're in school, remember we wrote some exams. 
they will tell you that this question carries five marks. This one, 30 marks. How many people wrote that kind of exam? Say this one, like that. When I was in UI, we had one weekend lecturer. The most difficult question we carried at 50 marks. You know? <laughs> you know, so, so, now, we were taught that as soon as they give you the paper, start with the ones that we carry so that in case they say pen sub, you have nothing. At least you've done. So there are six questions. Say this one is 20 marks. This one again, 20 marks. Then this one, 10, 10. Then this one, 5, 5. You start with 20, 20. By the time you say pen sub, even if you have just done 80, and the, the only two questions you have not answered, they are just 5, 5 marks. It doesn't matter much. But if we start with 5, and all you, what's the right thing? 5. Say pen sub. <laughs> and you have not answered the question with the biggest mark. You have just wasted time. Since, remember I started with decision. You are not going to find everything you want in one person. At least at the beginning. The potential will be there. Ah. As a pastor, I've seen some ladies after they got my downstairs window, they were beautiful. I'm telling you the truth. Women who are happily married, they have you of looking very beautiful. This peace of mind is connected to your face. You know, I'm trying to remove things, injuring singles from. At the end of the day, you are going to take a decision. And some of the things I'm sharing are the reason why people hold back and they are not taking a decision. Remember I said something last week from America, people were calling me last week after the message. That if in the last 10 years, the kind of people you are seeing, it has not changed. You better make a decision. You might stay another 10 years. The one you are looking for, it's not coming down from heaven. Last 10 years, they made you to understand the kind of people around you that you have enough materials to pick from, you keep waiting. You can wait for another 15 years. You are going to keep seeing the same type of people around you. So you better make up your mind or you change how you live. Yes. Is somebody with me? So, favor is deceitful. Beauty is what? Say it very well. Otherwise, men that I have seen, both in movies and in real life, cheating on their wives, the wives are told always finer than the babe outside. That's what the Bible is saying. That if you think that marrying a beautiful woman will stop you from being lustful, then remember that your mind to a fine girl does not make other girls ugly. You think what I've just said now? Now that you are married to a beautiful girl, all other girls will just become very ugly. It doesn't work like that. If what led you to be looking for the most beautiful uh, broad shoulder, I don't know all the specification, whatever. If what is driving you to that, always remember, when you pick, even if you eventually find one and you pick that one from the market, it doesn't mean your problem has not ended. As you marry and you go out again, you will see a finer person than that person. 
at the end of the day, I'm going back to what I've been saying, it is a part of your decision. We don't cheat not because there are no options. It's a decision rooted in God's word that this is wrong, this is not who we are, and we'll never go that way. You better believe it. If that is the case, then it should influence what percentage of my, what do we put on each of these factors? As many men as you ask to sit, to stand up, and you ask them to talk about this, everybody will not put the same mark on these four things. And I'm starting with the physical one. That if that is what your attention is fully on, especially if the definition of your physical appearance is uh, something from a source that is not natural and that is not God, that it is just more of what you have conjured up there, there will be serious problem. How vague is physical appearance? All of you know the story of David and Bathsheba and Saul entered David's house. Saul and one calamity after the other. And Ammon, David's firstborn, saw the sister, saw her breast, saw her shape. He loved her so much that he became sick. You know the story? Yes, sir. Second Samuel, I think chapter 13. He was so sick and he told his friend, he said, why are you sick? Ah, he said, I love, that's where some guys talk. Ah, I can't sleep without her. Oh, I cannot, I can't see well without her. Ask married people. After one month of regular sex, you will see without her. Very well. That is why you begin to ask yourself, does it, but must you get there before you that does this thing? There is nothing sweeter than a friend you're born with. If a woman respects or knows you, she talks with you in a very beautiful way. She understands your way of life, your thinking. You are planning to do something, she compliments it and everything. There is no substitute for such a woman. If a woman finds past mommy water, I don't know what that is fine. Whatever. <laughs> In our kingdom, angels are wonderful. But you will soon discover that beauty in itself sustains nothing. I don't know what I want to say. Tall, dark, and soft makes nothing. This is why when people get to their 40s in marriage, those things don't matter anymore. And remember, after a while, all the children will leave. It will remain the two of you. That's where you will know those who have made the right choice. And those who will use events to avoid being at home. So I'm saying to all the singles that are here today, what I wanted to go with and those who are watching is actually to ask, what is causing the delay? In me, and that applies more to me because women they have to wait for somebody to ask them out. But you, as a guy, what is creating the delay? When you say you've not found your type, are you really saying the truth or you are looking for something that does not exist? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Are you with me? So, why are there so many guys in their 30s? Don't say ah. the people I'm talking of here. Honestly speaking, 
It's as if all of them just entered another realm of wealth one year, two years into their marriage. Every single one. One of them who I don't want to mention names this morning. I remember he was talking to me that time. The wife just said that I know you are hard working. She was earning times 10. In the presence of God and his people, no exaggeration. Exaggeration is a sin. Times 10 of his salary. He told me that it was a very long time to ask her out because the gap was too much. Four years into their marriage, he was earning times three of her, of her salary. And this, I have one, two, three, four, five from leader's body alone with the same example. The same thing. The woman just said that I know that look, when he became my friend, I saw the sincerity of his heart and I saw that he wasn't a lazy person. I am just lucky to have found a better job than him. He left school a year before me. I just happened to leave school and just were rushing at me. He wasn't lucky to find one. But when we come together, the good things in my life will rub on him. And it happened. Some women, what I just said now, will solve their delay for a long time. Because there are people around them, guys who are saying, you know this one will not cheat on you. You know this one is a good guy. The only consideration is that you think that financially you are above him. There's no law that says a man must be richer than the woman. I know there are guys who can come in and then be, I'm not talking about an insecure person and somebody that tries to control even your wealth and wants to make you his ATM. Run away from such a person. A man of dignity, you end time staying, he will not even ask you for money. He loves you, is your friend. You'll know that this is not somebody coming to take advantage of you. If you see that kind of person, please open up and say your yes. And he will never forget. I don't know how many of you are. Can you connect what I said, P. Josh? Is that true? Did that happen to you? Captain D, how many guys married there that what I just said happened to? That you started, oh, my guys, we talking like, you understand? Oh, I was using, as an example, like, I was talking to a leader, but I can't say some things here. Okay, he's a lawyer, and the same thing. I have seen this guy with unusual deals. Good seven figures being brought to him as a lawyer. The wife is a lawyer. They were both classmates in school. One time he was staying with me. She was staying with me also. So there, it didn't look like anything, anything. Honestly speaking, I can begin to write and begin to teach what we see in many books, emotional uh, difference between a man and a woman. When the Lord put this in my, I mean, I don't want to go down. I just want to talk to my people. Because what am I going to say that you have not heard before? There are too many books on marriage. But let's talk from art to art. What is keeping you from getting married? And when time, when you have wasted more time, you will likely now settle down for something below opportunities that you have had in the past. Decision. There were young lawyers then. They just decided to get married. No real much income. But as soon as they got married, everything just opened up. Even the wives just started getting some contracts. Everything just opened up. 
I don't know of elsewhere. I've seen that pattern too many times in this church. Too many times. Once there are two people that are diligent, it's as if God opens a door of favor over them once they say, look, this is the woman I want and that is it. And no matter what, it is a decision that leads to marriage. It's a decision that sustains marriage. It is true. I don't know if you are with me. So make up your mind. One of the people that I know living a very wonderful marriage, she just told me one day, he said, you know, when he was asking me, I would say I had concerns. He said, but one day I closed my eyes and I said to myself, Lord, I have prayed. And to the best of my knowledge, I have examined this guy. And I brought in friends who are spirit-filled also. And they all said, I said, so Lord, if this is if I perish, I perish. I have done the right thing. He said, I have satisfied my conscience under the Holy Ghost who follow what I believe. I didn't hear anybody. I didn't see any dream. But after praying, I examined this man. I believe that there's something good about him. There are one or two things I don't say. He talks too much. But he's a disciplined person in all other areas. He likes to gist and talk. And he said, I just asked that that's not too much. But I'm a quiet person. But now today, they are so happily married. Anytime I share along this line, I see beautiful marriages evolving. That's why I'm saying to you that get up, go make decisions. One or two people, among those who raised there, I didn't even know like Brad Benga. I didn't know Pastor Benga, I didn't know of his own. That he too, before, I mean, God started blessing him only after the marriage. So, for some of you single guys, I have noticed that until you actually take a woman, and come to the altar to be joined. You will not really walk in prosperity as you should. Because God knows that it is dangerous for you now that you are alone. It happened to even me. I'm an example of what I'm saying. That's the truth. All the confessions, all the prayer that will believe God for prosperity never worked until I married. God will just give some little, little drops of mercy to let you know it's with you. But not the real break. Out of the mercy of God at times, that's why he will not give you as a single car, single guy, an exotic car. Only backslide. <laughs> but there's a stability that marriage gives you. As you are blessed, you are thinking of property. You are thinking, okay, our children will go there. So God now knows that there is, you are more purposeful with money. I said, okay, God can never give you that money. Go and use to buy a car for a girl. She will now say no to you. You will now say you are, you are having depression. <laughs> you want to impress on a birthday, a car of 12.5 million. And then one week after, I take her out on a dinner. So what are you saying? I've told you now. I know the way girls do when they want to do emotional blackmail. I told you they're friends. I told you they're friends. Are you asking me out? Are you asking me out? Really? I told my friend, shut up, my friend. Uh, nonsense. So, you, you mean you are 27. A guy is 29. He's around you, and he never crossed your mind. 
the possibility of him asking you out. If you want to say no, say no. Which one is drama? I thought we're friends. Okay, so you should go and ask out an enemy. Is it not a friend you should ask out? Stop. I hate drama. Oh, you know what? You are a good friend. My answer is no. Period. But this drama. Oh my gosh. Are <laughs> you? <laughs> I was always trying to agree with me online. I want somebody to get. Are you with me? Have I helped somebody? Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be a little more composed. Last week and now, I am just talking. We can talk about several points, several things to look at in a woman. Several signs that will show that you are ready for marriage. Several bad habits keeping people from. Somehow, we have you all divided them into several. Usually they can be more than seven, but seven sounds good. <laughs> that the seven habits of successful people. Seven, seven, because it sounds good. But in reality, it's not seven. It can be nine, it can be six, it can be... But you see, it's easy to say that way. So I think that I will show you several areas of your life that you should pay attention to. But I want to stop here today. I'm just talking to you from her. If next week comes again and I'm led by God again, not to go by books or to talk from my heart, hope you will love it. Hope I'm helping more. Because what I want to see is not for you to write too many notes, but it's to go out and take a decision and for the show to be guided. So let's end it this way this morning. Like Solomon did, pray that God should give you a wise and a discerning heart. So that you will not call the one that is a life partner a friend, and you will not call a friend life partner. Do you get what I just said now? To discern. At times, no matter how many teachings, they can't really help you. Remember that example I started? I said, the guy is in his 70 now, never cheated again. Now, I have also now seen somebody who came to the woman, cheated on her, and begged, and the pastor said, I truly has repented everything. When they got married, it just continued. And that kind of thing will lead to regrets. See, nobody knows tomorrow. When you start praying, there is a way that God will let you know. If you are sincere, once that feeling comes that there is just a kind of uh, uh, flow between you and somebody, and the more you pray, the more the flow, take a decision quickly. Just go. Every decision involves an element of risk. So just wide. God will give you peace in your heart when you pray. As one of the signs to let God that I'm in this relationship. There will be peace and there will be a flow. What are the red lights that you must never allow no matter what? Maybe we'll talk about that next week. There are things that you must never. Once they are there, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Listen to me very well. You cannot help a violent man. Who hits a woman? Don't try to understand such a person. Don't apply what I said that with time it will, it will not grow out of it. That one, don't even think about it. I get what I'm saying. <coughs> mm. 
Lord Jesus. There's a brother in the church. I'll close with this. He's also hearing me right now. He's here right now. One of the times that I made an exception because I was led. You know, I don't dabble into people's matters and everything. That time, himself and the wife, now they are here, they have two kids now. And the wife is also looking, looking at me as I'm talking now. Just pretend as if you don't know what I'm talking about. So, because they don't know it's you. So you two do as if you don't know it's you. She was a good girl raised in a Christian way. She got born again early. The guy was a chronic drinker when they were in school. He drank so much that one day they entered boat to go and drink on the sea. And they passed out. Yes. You know, everybody drank enough on the ground. They are like, <laughs> but the moment he saw this lady, something in him, they became friends in school. Because I started coming to religion, but it wasn't serious. And she told him that, look, so when they graduated, somehow they found themselves in Lagos and they started coming to church. And she was very close to me. And she told me that, look, I'm going to break up with her. So I, I cannot. That I'm ready to marry. I don't want a man. So he says he says he has stopped occasionally. And the guy just told me what they said. So one day came to my house. And I was watching Arsenal being trashed. And he happened to be Arsenal fan. So I was telling him that. Ah, I said, it's as if I'm always in a very happy mood. Anytime Arsenal is losing. That I don't know why I love to see them lose. So we were talking. <laughs> it was sure that did actually instead of me. Maybe he thought I was tasking the Bible inside out. But I made him relax and maybe that made an impression on me. He actually completely stopped drinking, stopped. But the woman was afraid that, look, pastor, he's talking about marriage in eight months' time. Maybe he stopped so that because we can marry and then he will resume. I said, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so she told him that, see, we are stopping. When he got the news, he came to my house he, he met me at the gate and he, he held me at the gate talking to me for about three hours. I told my wife, I said, ah, this one is in love. I said, I didn't even know we took three hours there. There was no reason on that. So he said, Pastor, I have changed. And the brother said, I have changed. He said, I'm telling you, we? Ah. So the lady called me later and I came to her and said, yes. So what did he tell you? I told her. I said, don't mind. I just thought about it. I said, Pastor, what do you really think? I said, you know, I don't tell people what to do. It's your decision. I said, number one, I don't know. I'm as naive as yourself. I don't know what to think. I said, God didn't tell me anything, so I cannot make a decision. I said, but you are the one getting married. They find out. We can talk here and there, but you must make your decision. But that night, I spent time to pray what I just read to you now. I prayed for her. I said, Lord, I don't want you to tell me what to tell her. No, you have access to all your children. You tell her what you want her to do. But as I finished praying, I sensed in my spirit very strongly that the guy truly had changed. But I didn't tell her, so I would not influence her decision. And she, in the morning, she called me that for some reason she felt she should go on with the marriage. They've been married for about eight years now, not one bottle. 
In fact, maybe she's chasing him spiritually now. But you know, to tell someone else that might be a big risk. Because somebody will stop drinking. I have another story of the same, the exact opposite of what I've just said now. I will quote it because the person might be watching me now. They are not members of the church. This one were in school together and this guy had a problem with drinking. The counselor called them in their church, a very popular church in Lagos, spoke to the two of them and said he has changed. When she came to see me after the counseling, as a friend, not as a pastor, I wasn't comfortable. I said that this is dangerous. This guy was working in oil and gas. They gave him millions to buy a fisher car. The day he bought it and he drove it out, he was drunk driving and he bashed the whole thing. He nearly lost his life. The car was written off. And all my, But he stopped for a while, truly about the time of their marriage. When they got married, I told the lady, and then she didn't see me again. They went to get married and the guy, oh God. I, I have never seen what I'm about to tell you before. Where he got drunk one day, walking in oil and gas. They have together met the president of a nation before. He lost for your second job. He got drunk at the beer parlor one day that slept there. When the wife came to pick him and they saw the beauty of his wife, she's a she, she's she and the people there saw the wife. The manager of that place told the rest that anytime you see that guy, don't sell one bottle to him again. That let us help them preserve their marriage. He said, even if he brings one million there, never give him one point. He said, this is unfair on this woman. The day they were naming their, their first son, two days before the name, he was nowhere to be found. Only to this one that he was dead drunk somewhere, dropped on the floor. Name it. And this, the thing continued after that, continued after that, continued. So when the final stage in the oil and gas, the manager called and said, that, See, I am telling God we are from the same area. He said, you know what, you are here by fired. When they fired the guy, he now became depressed and now started part two of sitting down and drinking. Someone like her now, she lives in that regret forever. That why did I give him the second? When well, she broke up with him, that why did I ever go back? This is why most wise people will tell to us, when you break up with somebody or something, you can forgive, you should always forgive. But it might be good for them to go and start up with someone else. Because it's less painful if you want them in the future and truly they have changed and you miss somebody of being with them. You truly love them, but there was a flaw you could not come, uh, you could not uh, allow, and then you can see that he has changed. It will be a little painful. That okay, this I really love this person, but now he has dropped that character. Said maybe I should have waited a little, but it's not as painful as when somebody says I have changed and you bring them back into your life, and they come in to now go and come and wreck more havoc. That one will pay you forever. Let's rise. Is someone blessed? You know, it's not sounding like a message. Rev. But I can tell in my spirit that I'm helping people. Almost everybody here listening to me, if you are over 20, 21 years, you have some people around you. Pray the prayer of Solomon. Lord, open my eyes. Give me a discerning heart to know difference. 
That means as I meet people, I can tell the difference. It's a friend, not a life partner. Ah, this one, it doesn't look like it now, but this is a life partner, not a friend. Study of difference. Wisdom. That matter, only God can help at times to just help you to get it right. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Open my eyes, let me see. Make for my lift up your hand, everybody sing it. Open my eyes, let me see. Open my ears, let me hear. Open my heart, let me know. The peace that makes for my peace. There are people listening to me now. You actually know the truth in your hearts. But there are big things you are looking for. That big thing, or those big things, they are inside that person. Stop looking around. If the person is a Christian, if the person has the same values like yourself, if your hearts resonate with the person, what else are you waiting for? This is people are looking at me. Ah. Yes, ah. <laughs> Go and make a decision. If you feel you are not ready for marriage, no problem. Nobody's rushing into what you are not ready for. But I'm talking to people that inside you, you yearn for it. But you are wondering, why am I delaying? I'm just telling you now. And also the man last time I told that be friendly. Make friends. I pray for everybody that the Lord will open your eyes. It will give you wisdom to discern, to know the difference between every living person around you and around your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, the one destined to be a, a, a colleague will remain a colleague. The one that should be a life partner will be a life partner. The one that should be a neighbor will be a neighbor. The one that should be a helper will be a helper. The Lord will help you to discern every relationship around you and put them where they belong. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together and give God praise. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.